0: Um. Greetings and welcome to T.W.N. Now, the American educational system is sacrificing our next generation to financial slavery. Uh, if this sounds like an exaggeration, just consider these figures. Today, there are approximately 50 million student loan borrowers. The typical student borrower owes between twenty-five dollars and $30,000 but around 2.5 million people owe at least $100,000 on their school bill. The number of people in default on their bill is more than 7 million. But according to a Wall Street Journal article uh, that was run just a few days ago, the United States has 101 people who owe at least $1 million in federal student loans. How can we do this to our next generation? You know, One of the major responsibilities of every generation is to prepare their children for successful life. How can we expect the next generation to prosper with this crushing burden of debt? Now, sadly, the financial crisis in education is only part of the problem. Our program today then will, will begin with this issue of this, the financial debt burden we're placing upon the next generation. We want to move to the spiritual crisis as well. Our education, our our educational system rather, has cast aside the moral compass, leaving our next generation without direction in a dangerous new world. Welcome to TW Now, and today with me as our our guest, we have uh, Rod McNair thank you and i should mention um for clarification that yes uh, he is my brother and uh, i have promised to try to take it easy on him and not pick on him too much and he's he's promised to do the same so we want to make that clear from the beginning we'll try we'll that's <laughs> right okay <laughs> and also uh, jerry rudelson who's uh, first time here on our program. We're happy to have Jerry with us here today. Greetings, everyone. He's our, our financial expert and has taught uh, some accounting classes, and so we're glad to have Jerry uh, with us as well. Thank you for being here both. And I'm Jonathan McNair. Glad to be back in the, uh, in the seat here today. Appreciate Mr. Wallace Smith, the last couple of weeks of uh, filling in, and uh, glad to be back with you today. So. Let's get right into it. <clears throat> By the way, I should mention, um, if you do have any questions or comments as we go along, uh, they'll, our production crew will forward it to, to us. If you'll go ahead and type it into uh, your Facebook or the YouTube comment box, and uh, we'll go ahead and try to address it as we go along. So I want to begin with, Simply the simple question: What do you think about this crisis in student debt? I mean, when you when we read these
1: statistics, um, how do they hit you, gentlemen? Well, preparing for this topic, I was just shocked. One point four eight trillion dollars in total total student loan debt in the United States. I hadn't really thought about it a lot. Of course, I'm older now; I don't have student loans. But for the young person who's going to college, and coming out with this crushing debt, my heart aches for them. It literally does. What about,
2: yeah, it's, it's just sad. It's really uh, horrible to think about in a time of life when you think of the college years and coming out of college as, as anything's possible and, and uh, you, you're, it's time to grab on to, uh, to life and to make something of your life. And here, uh, so many of our young people now are being saddled with a ball and chain right in the time when they should be in the most hopeful time of life.
0: And I, I should mention for our audience as well, I think probably you need to understand that the three of us have uh, skin in the game here because we all have children, we all have young people who are now entering the age of college, and maybe that's why it, uh, it's such a... Sore spot with me because uh, because it's it is it is a a horrible uh, crushing curse that I, I believe we're putting on the next generation. And uh, again, we're sort of in the same boat here, gentlemen, today as we talk about this. So you're you're maybe you're listening a little bit to our rant about this because because of it. But it, but it's it's something that is is part of the of the national scene, and uh, we're not the only ones who are concerned about this. And maybe some of you in our audience today. Are, are in the same boat are recognizing um, what this is doing to the next generation so let's talk a little bit further so how, how do how do we get here let's let's walk through this a little bit how, how do we how do we get to a place where we have this amount of debt for young people come out of college you know I mean?
2: well there are a lot of there are some uh, conflicting arguments about how this has happened uh, one is that public spending toward college has subsidizing has gone down so that there have the colleges are having to make up for it in increased tuition but uh, there are others who refute that so um, that that really doesn't seem to hold water
1: yes and there are others also who talk about colleges have had greater administrative burdens is why they're charging more but I kinda lean to the theory that Tuition is almost not real dollars mm-hmm. because you 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 know if you go apply for college you're going to say, "Well, we have some loans, it's a package we have scholarships, we have some grants, and we have this thing, oh, and we'll make up the rest by loans so you're here you are as a young person going in, and what's in your mindset mm-hmm. is it well i've got to be able to to buy things, I want, I want things, I need things. Uh, maybe it's vanity, I want to be a doctor and a, and a lawyer. Maybe it's, I, want, I need to move out to experience college life. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to go to this place and the college says, well we, you can come and here it is, grants, loans, scholarships. It's not mm-hmm. real money. So it just increases, increases, increases. The next thing you know, you're coming out of college, as you mentioned at the very beginning, maybe $30,000 in debt. That's your starting. So is it on the part of the,
0: of the student where the student uh, doesn't realize what they're getting into and the impact of credit card? In a sense, I say credit card because in my mind I'm thinking it's just like credit card debt, isn't it, where, where, where you, you get a piece of plastic and you can go get stuff without having to pay right then. Sure. In a sense, it's, it's, it's buy now, pay later. So is it the student or is it the parents or what, you know, what, what's behind it? What, what drives this I think
2: Animal. what what has has started it is the the idea that 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 educational debt is good debt mm. that because you're going mm. to pay it off over, your, over uh, you know, your, your time and being able to, uh, to have a livelihood, <clears throat> but it's just gotten out of control, and, and what it seems to be is happening is that colleges have, with the proliferation of loans, mm. that, that as you read and, and look at this topic, you find that the, the opportunities for, to, for getting a loan have just expanded exponentially. Mm-hmm. And so the colleges are taking advantage of it. And they're just uh, taking, uh, d- just increasing their rates because they can. Mm-hmm. Because there is no real market force driving them down up to this point. So debt is really, do you think debt has become a
0: way of, of thinking in our mm-hmm. ju- particularly right. in the last 50 right. years? Right. Well, you um, mentioned what,
1: in our, our discussions in preparing for this yesterday, it's kind of like rolling the dice. You got to spend money to make money, right? So there are people like, "Oh, I got to It's okay if I come out with $30,000 of debt cuz I can pay it off pretty quickly." And, you know, but, but what's the underlying what's the underlying thing about this? So what are
0: some right. w- what would you think are some let's say some some philosophies or some underlying which we talked about let's say debt or some of these mechanisms, what about underlying ways of thinking um, that that drives parents or kids to um, be okay with accumulating more debt what would
2: what, you think with some uh, some underlying drives well one thing and I and it, these things happen so subtly because and uh, you know there there is a there's a certain thing that has happened in our in our history in this country where uh, maybe a generation or two ago maybe maybe no one had been to college and so the first mm-hmm. person in their family who went to college and who who was able to uh, you know achieve something and accomplish something that no one else had and uh, and, and attain a certain level of, of a standard of living and, and helping others in that way, and so that became like the, that was the the value mm-hmm. and so uh, not wrong, a good thing to to have that accomplishment, but it seems like that has snowballed to the point where it can be that it becomes a parents uh, uh, even a a level of vanity in ourselves that we want our children to do a certain thing and if they don't do it then we're a failure Mm -hmm. and that can be a part of the thinking Do, do parents do parents compare
0: where their kids are going and even if the price tag is high it's it's worth it to have their kids go to a school that has more prestige for
1: them to feel good. Certainly, we, we absolutely know that. You know, on the other end of that spectrum as someone who helps in the human resources area too, when we're getting a resume from somebody, frankly, we're not looking at whether they went to Harvard or some of the more prestigious, quote unquote, prestigious schools. We're looking whether they actually just have the education and can do the job but as a parent we've heard it compared mm-hmm. to my kid went to this school he went to this this school you know in North Carolina it's it's Duke or you know some of, some of the prestigious pre- prestigious schools that way now so it defended, certainly happens You just defended
0: all the Duke people out there. You we know, love just, you. Know, you. <laughs> Duke, okay just let you know. Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know the other thing is too even the we, we, we talked a little bit before about the biblical value against coveting, That's and right. how that uh there have been surveys in recent years uh, where what would young people want to to be or do, and uh, years ago it would the, the responses would be more like to 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 do something significant in their life and to to uh, do s- have influence and uh, now the responses are to be a celebrity mm. or be rich mm-hmm. and so uh how many again not saying that everyone who goes into certain occupations is not going to to want to help to want to serve but does it fall into a lot of in some cases well i'm going to choose that occupation because i can make a lot of money Mm -hmm. and that becomes a bottom line so the money you make is, is is a driving force so therefore
0: Covetousness, as opposed to being able to care for a family, be able to be a a, a working member of the community, um, and, and I suppose, in a sense, that is a an immature way of of looking at life, isn't it? Because we Certainly. we all know, and yeah. uh, as as time goes by, you recognize that uh, uh, fighting and clawing for a prestigious job with uh, you know, many many zeros after your to your your salary. <laughs> at the end of the day, it doesn't it doesn't really um, bring happiness. But now we get off into a, a little bit of another area. The, again, we're looking at the how we how we got here. I, one of the things I would uh, I would like to ask you about. Do you think it partly it's because of the of the expectation? of a, a certain experience as a crossroads or as a rite of passage and that actually becomes a big issue. We say it can be covetousness, um, <clears throat> but what, what about that?
1: Is there an expectation? Well there are it? some, in some people's mind when they turn 18, I want to experience life. And what a, what a better way to do that than to go to college and live in a dorm with a bunch of other 18 year olds. And that, that becomes it, a right. You've mentioned a rite of passage, so to speak. That's what's in a young, maybe in a young person's mind. Right. Yeah.
2: In our affluent society, that thinking, instead of training, instead of I'm I, I want more training for, to prepare. It does become the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and some hey, some schools have that have that reputation, that they're party schools. Yeah. Well, yes, um, you know that that is a the reputation they have. By the way, I just want to
1: say one thing. We're kind of painting with a pretty white white brush, but we understand, audience, that there are certainly noble professions that people want to go into, that people want to serve others, and that you have to go to college to do that. And we totally understand that. We're just painting with a... A more general trend of what's going on out there to make you aware of what we're finding out when we're doing our research
0: and right. and, and we can't nobody can't argue the fact that we have a crisis because now uh, student debt is only second in in terms of the debt in our nation after mortgage debt isn't it that's right, so right. We, right. It's, a, it's a huge problem this is not um, some made-up thing it's a huge problem so we're wrestling with right why what drives it and we could talk about it all, all day long and probably uh, with our audience you know, we could Drive, uh, right. talk about a lot of different aspects of it, but we're, we're just trying to wrestle with it here, and then and then take the, the next step. So, what I want to challenge you to think about then is this: so, so what's what's the impact of this mountain of debt that's heaped upon our, our our children? You know, what will ten years out, five, ten, fifteen years out, um, what when the, when the other shoe drops? What is the
2: impact on our society? Well, I think that's exactly what. Um, It needs to be talked about and needs to to impress upon us that that this is not a theoretical subject Uh, There are so many effects on our society on our families for one very very basic uh, when young people get out of college and they are so heavily in debt they're probably living about at the poverty line, so they're Mm -hmm. not even able to... Mm -hmm. I mean, economists want people to spend. They want us to spend to keep the economy going. So there is actually a hit on the economy for young people coming out of college not even being able to buy goods and services that's well, just one exa- that, actually, small a,
0: example one of the things that drove our uh, taking on this discussion was this wall street journal article from what it was it friday or saturday that mentioned this gentleman out in california who's an orthodontist right mm-hmm. and uh, now has over a million dollars in debt i think his monthly payment on his on uh, his college bill is something like fifteen hundred dollars a month or fifteen thirty five or something and yet he's still going deeper into debt by $130 dollars every day. Yep. Look, look it up if you, if you <laughs> get a chance, The Wall Street Journal article right. about uh, what's his name Mike, Mike Maru Maru? Yes. Um, so obviously here he is, an orthodontist, yet barely able to uh, you know, make ends meet, and yet having a, a fantastic income, certainly in that type of field. So obviously there's an impact with this gentleman, as you say. yeah there's, there is an impact economically in terms of what you're able to buy in terms of
1: goods and services and all that. Another economic impact is that people aren't able to start small businesses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you don't have the cap, you don't have, you, with high debt, a bank is not going to want to lend you money. Mm-hmm. And business, Small business is one of the main economic engines of this country. It really mm-hmm. is. So it impacts in mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Home ownership, mm-hmm. if you have high debt, you can't, you can't buy a home. So here mm-hmm. you are, you get out of college, you get married, and then what's the other thing you can't do? You both, because maybe both you and your wife, you marry someone who's somewhat comparable to you, have this high student debt. You can't mm-hmm. have children. You can't afford children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or if you have children, what happens to them? You have to put them in daycare. Yeah. And right. so someone else right. is raising your children. Right. Because you're barely making enough money to, and, real, and, and, and real dollars to, uh, to, to, to make it. So and that's that's what you got to do.
2: Absolutely, and in this in this story of Mike Maru, you know, he they ask him, well, how do you handle this? And he says, well, I just try not to think about it <laughs> because uh, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and you read other stories about people who are just overwhelmed and avalanched by this. And uh, we we think about we're we're in a high stress, anxiety laden society. Well, this is just one more thing. That yeah. people are just having to block out oh, of wow. their mind, yeah. so our our own peace of mind, our own settledness, our own uh, happiness, well-being is is thrown out the window. There's no and there's no there's
0: no hope of of uh, emerging out from under this massive rock. I mean, it's it's like other debt in our country that we struggle with and and, and all. But um, the the point in this, and I think this is why we're trying to discuss it for the sake of our audience, is that there there is um, there is hope there are there's some thinking that can go into education mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. actually should happen that can potentially at least for parents who still have the opportunity to, to coach their kids into into life um, they, there are there are solutions there are approaches that can and should be taken before we before we go there though I should mention, again if anyone has uh, questions or uh, would like to comment on it feel free to go ahead and send a message uh, we will do our best to try to address it um, but i, I want to go to another part of this so because I-, I mentioned early on within our program that this is the tip of the iceberg this is only part of the puzzle uh, student debt and what education our educational philosophy our educational approach has has uh, done to us as a people uh, but i also wanted to uh, to, to bring up another part of it because uh, our finances and debt is not the only area that has been impacted by our approach to education. And I would I'd like to shift a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, we are a church. We teach about uh, godly living and we believe in living according to godly principles and where we are today in our society is not in harmony with godly principles and we contend that a big part of that has to do with our educational system so would you could you comment on that a little bit where have we gone now spiritually speaking ethically morally in relation to where our education has taken us educational My, a simple philosophy. thought
1: that i had was college campuses are coming a place where god is not invited god is not allowed and the college campus.
0: Mm-hmm. Why? Why would you say that? What's some, what are some examples? What what was what's your experience like? In, in well, terms we, of we you
1: know. do know that if you re, you read about it, you, a lot of things you read about it. You can't bring a Bible to a yeah. classroom. You can't talk about God in the classroom or on campus because people now it's they want safe spaces where there can be no. They they believe they almost believe that religion is an intolerant mm. is an intolerant idea. The idea of religion, the idea of God, the idea of morality it 's an intolerant idea, mm-hmm. but it turns out to be it 's actually the flip side is happening they 're becoming intolerant of anything that that is good mm-hmm. in, in, in a sense
0: antagonistic towards <laughs> values that are established by, by a God as right. opposed to
2: something that has been derived of our own thinking sure right, you know when you look at um, history. In our country and of the, uh, the school system and how it's developed, now we're not talking just about colleges. Now we're talking about the the the, the public school system itself. You find that it really has been a social experiment hmm. of of pulling uh, influence away from parents and away from a local community. We were talking mm-hmm. again yesterday about our our own uh, father when he was young. And uh, when there was, the, there was this move away from the small rural school to a con, uh, consolidation of, of, of a number of different high schools, and his father, our grandfather, was, was concerned. He could see the writing on the wall. He could see how the direction this was going, that the government was going to be more in control uh, of teaching the children and running the yeah. schools, as opposed to local control where parents were were involved. Now, again, not saying that parents aren't involved today, but, but you just look at the social chaos that is being pushed by the government, and that's exactly what our, our grandfather was concerned about. 70 years ago
0: let me I mean obviously some teachers and there are many good teachers who are doing their very best to try to uh, work with children and battle really a a tide of of uh, social problems but at the end of the day though in our country philosophically um, who has more uh, sense of what's best for children would you say the educational professionals or, or parents
1: I mean, I'm leading you to what, what I believe is <laughs> is the case. Certainly, it's the parents, <laughs> but you, you know, there are those who have, who have thought that it actually is the educational system. Yeah. In fact, I was another thing that I was reading that kind of shocked me was that it, the article was something about from Washington D.C. to California that it's becoming popular. You know, the the newest thing now is this whole transgender idea, and you could be whoever you want, wherever you want, whenever you want, and There are states that are considering that the parents can say nothing about this or have no input about Mm -hmm. this, that this is the state's right to do it. Mm -hmm. And you're reading like, this is just shocking to me. This is just shocking to me. I mean, schools used to teach to reinforce Mm -hmm. right
0: and wrong to our students. And I think also yeah. some te- teachers would support parents as opposed Completely. to right, as opposed right. to
1: be. And there are some contingent. who there are some who probably still sure, do. Sure. We're not we we are, don't we, right. We, you, you, yes, yes.
2: You know it's interesting. We have a, a a friend who's a young young man, young teacher, just recently graduated from college, who's teaching uh, kindergarten, first grade, uh, music classes. And he was telling me the other day <clears throat> that he uh, that there are a couple of boys who come to kindergarten who come to class in dresses and, and the, they are so confused and the parents are actually sort of saying, well, we just want to support these choices. Mm-hmm. And so, so the, we're not saying that, yeah. that the, the teachers always have the answer or the parents always have yeah, the answer. Yeah. because But where is this coming from? Where are the parents learning this is from society. Yeah. And, and instead of the parents being able to, to say, uh, and feeling comfortable saying, I need to teach them differently, mm-hmm. they feel this pressure from the media, from the government, from society, to just support them and follow along. Yeah. So we have, we have become unmoored from any anchor,
0: any any uh, a clear guidelines for living that the which the Bible provides, and it's the Bible has even been God's way has been um, uh, put down, and any godly uh, principles have been um, almost deemed as uh, as fairy tale or too oppressive.
1: Um, right, and these ideas right. are becoming radicalized too. Right, mm-hmm. right, and I and the reason why I say radicalized is because why would you push it down to even kindergarten level right right let me let me who, a who, who don't have any they need they need guidance and direction in it. they're they're forming their ideas about what is right mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. not We're, ready to make that choice they're not ready to make those kind of choices <laughs> they're not 18 or 20. No. yes yeah.
0: a couple of things for, for our audience sake we've got a couple questions i want to go ahead and uh, uh and touch on before we conclude but um I will say this, in the time that we have here, uh, our purpose is to uh, press a little bit of a button here and uh, touch on a, an, an issue, a raw spot, you might say, in our national consciousness. And um, we can't answer all the questions about how to solve the problems, we don't know all the answers of how to solve the problems. What we do know is there is a God who has provided scriptures for us that give us guidance into all questions. Just because um, those uh, it was written a long time ago doesn't mean they're not timeless answers. So we're gonna touch on a couple things, um, but I would also encourage you to go through our website, go read some of the literature that we have on, on the ways to live life then those ways should be taught to our children, and mm-hmm. uh, these give guidelines for, for, for living. So let's let's answer a couple of the questions here. So first of all, what's the what's the solution to the student debt crisis? We have a, you know a couple of minutes to do this. So what are some principles? We're going to answer that one. I'll give you, I can give you the second one too. And the question is, how do Christians parents pr- prepare their children without Totally removing them from society so let's hit both of these and 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 potential uh, suggestions as a starting point anyway uh, first one um, so what's the solution for an individual let's take it uh, we're not we can't take it in a national way sure. um, in this scenario but let's talk individually as parents
1: what would you recommend consider starting at community college instead of a university mm-hmm. that's one so look at it for example that's in North Carolina, Carolina you can go to the community college here in the Charlotte area, for I believe about a thousand, twelve hundred dollars a year, yeah. for a semester, yeah. versus right. nine, ten a semester. Right. right. There, there's one, there's one way. So you're not having to, you're not having to accumulate the high student, high student debt. And mm-hmm. look, look at the big picture, and
2: and really evaluate where. Where, what is going to be the best in the long run. I think sometimes, like we're saying, that our decisions can be made by emotion, by, by what our friends are doing, by what our family has done in the past. Really analyze, take the long view, take the big picture. Sometimes college isn't for everyone. Sometimes a really good technical degree, uh, you know, a certificate is the best, uh, and, and most logical and when you analyze it so taking the big picture
0: okay couple
2: sure.
1: couple principles another there another one is on living that. at living at home instead of on the campus okay right. if you look at not cool for, for kids who but the, we co- the be co- be. we're talking you can you know just to dress Economics. to get down to the dollar get Economics. down to the dollar
2: sign here okay. which goes back to a community college yes if you go to a community college you don't yeah, that's right you, you, li- you live have, at home you but, have even, even, commute.
1: but even for i'm calling them the noble careers because oh. there are some out there that you need yeah. The technical training for you know a higher education, and we're not against it at all. Yeah. But c- if you at all possible live at home, yeah. right? Because they're talking 50 percent of the cost, right, of what's being on these loans is living expenses. And some would right. say,
0: well, the experience of being in the dorm and all that is, is is invaluable. But it's a fairly recent creation, if you think about it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, and, and not not that it, there aren't benefits from being part of a college and that type of thing, but
2: but is it worth? bondage to debt for the next 20 years. Well, right. wait carefully. And frankly, other other damaging effects in a young
1: person's life from dorm life. And yeah, we don't yeah. have time Which to go is, in, all, but it's, that's it's, right. we yeah. could talk about that for a long time. Okay, right.
0: fair, fair enough. Well, so we talked about a couple of things. And, and by the way, uh, not trying to be self-promoting here, but um, there was an article that, uh, that I actually submitted for our Tomorrow's World magazine, the last uh, edition, whatever, uh, it was not the current edition, but the previous one that 's uh, directed towards this issue mm-hmm. and making wise decisions for uh, considering further education so uh, a little plug to read that article if you want to have a little bit more in terms of some of the uh, suggestions. then the last item here that was that was mentioned how can christian 's parents christian parent parents uh prepare their children without removing them from society and i'm going to add without uh let's say living in a cave that was i'm reading to the question here because um, because there's something to prepare them to some degree do we need to protect them from evil influences in society i would say so yes you know right. do, is it right. is it beneficial to take to have them exposed to the absolute worst possible uh influence of in society no, it's crazy. Right. Just like you wouldn't expose a little baby to cold weather. But
1: My, my own son, I, I can talk about him for for a second. He was in public school, a very good public school. We're talking about one that stands up for the Pledge of Allegiance. You know, it, com- complete. Par- the teachers are completely with the parents on be- conservative ideas. But when he reached around fifth grade, he literally begged us to let him be homeschooled. Because mm-hmm. some people might consider living in a cave while well, you're going to homeschool your kids. They're not going to have any have any influence well you can there there are ways these days there's co-ops i think the kids can still be getting together for socialization if that's what you're you're worried about but he wanted out of that system Mm -hmm. and was willing to do whatever it took to Mm -hmm. to do it so my wife and i my wife excuse me just got a dry throat Mm -hmm. my wife and i um did what we had to do to let him be homeschooled Mm -hmm. and he's so much happier and he's not socially inept yeah. so it, it, mm-hmm. there, there's a way to do it and you had yeah. many of your, most of your mm-hmm. kids all of your kids mm-hmm. did I think mm-hmm. all of your kids were homeschooled yeah. so also it's,
0: it's worthwhile you know <coughs> considering the options in, in the homeschooling today and still involved in community <coughs> and so on but Absolutely. certainly homeschooling is is worthy of consideration uh, easier than you know at any time with all the technology that's available right right so. <laughs> what's some what well, about some other principles
2: you're talking uh, about the, the the viewer was asking about what what is a Christian? Yeah. A, a family to do. We look at the Bible. Mm-hmm. What does the Bible say? Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says that you should teach your children the, these statutes, these commandments, when you rise up, when you lie down, when you walk by the way, when you do all of your your, your things. So again, taking the long view and looking at the options that work best. There, there are so many options today Uh, Going back to homeschooling, I'm an unabashed supporter of homeschooling. Uh, Obviously, not everybody has the capacity to do it or the opportunity, but uh, my wife uh, has done it, you know, and and very successfully. And what a tremendous opportunity. We're talking about about higher education, most of the program, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're 18, 20, 25, 20. But when is the most important time in their education for a child? It's actually between zero and five or six. And so to have this prime opportunity to really mold and shape and be with your children instead of taking them to a daycare, that is a huge investment that I submit is way better than wherever they go to college. Yeah. Be, being able to have a, a mother training and, and molding and shaping them from 0 to 5 or 6 that's a huge investment we're gonna have to close it with with that and
0: uh, we're, we're out of time here um, but I appreciate you all being with us today like us or follow the conversation follow our our, our channel if uh, if you would and if you would share it with someone who you think might be interested we'd appreciate that and hopefully uh, it's beneficial to you and, and, and worthwhile for your time. I uh, would like to say this, we're gonna continue this conversation for a little while after the program. Uh, so we'll go ahead and, and close for now. And uh, we're gonna pick up a little bit more on the discussion. If you'd like to go ahead and click on and see some uh, further discussion, we'll make that available to you as well. Thanks very much for being with us on the TW Now. This is Jonathan McNair closing. Looking forward to seeing you next week.